and welcome to Box Not Included, the show looking at geek culture and the media we love and loathe from a queer perspective. I'm Hamish, Janet, Dr. Scott, Janet, Brad, Rocky, Steele. And I'm Jade, you're a wanker number nine, <laughs> Rose. And today we're rounding out Pride Month by looking at movies, specifically those films that are unabashedly queer and that have been touchstones in our lives or played some role in shaping who we are today. Yeah, um, when we were trying to think about something for to sort of finish out our, our Pride Month, we talked about sort of important movies to us that ex- uh, directly addressed uh, queer topics, um, like reflected our experiences um, and things like that. And I've always been a, a big sort of believer in the impact that films in particular as a medium have on us as people, like... Mm-hmm. There's something unique to films, like these con- these contained narratives, the experience of sitting and watching a movie. And I don't know, it, it seems like a really good dovetail, considering that uh, so much of what we talk about is media-related. Yeah, and you can... Uh, there's a lot of more TV shows that might have more representation and things like that, but there's something about films in which... You can often remember specifically watching them, mm-hmm. like where you were, who you were with. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, 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 I, I, there's a reason I use the word formative. It's just like your memories of a film aren't just the film. Yeah. It's the experience of seeing them. And what's going on in your life that day or mm-hmm. who you were with can really affect your feelings towards a film. Fil- mm. Films can kind of come out of nowhere and save you or there could be a film everyone's recommended but you're just not in the mood for it and you can... You can have opinion about a film, which is mm. kind of completely separate from the actual quality of the content. Yeah, of no, it. agreed. And also, films are a great sort of cultural touchstone. Like people talk about like iconic films, um, and they're sort of like earmarks of what we are as a society are doing, our achievements. It's one of the great art forms is cinema, and so too they become cultural touchstones within uh, the, the queer community. Like these films that some, sometimes they get a wider thing and they become revered on a much wider scale. Sometimes they're just particularly significant to the community. But they are these touchstones for a reason. And there's lots of films which are made by us as a community or they're not. And some of them can still be successful even if they're not made by us or for us. For sure. Um, but... They often represent the. They always do represent the the mood of the time, and they often uh, that can be their bad point, or yes, that can be their strength. Their strength. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great looking back at sort of the cinema associated with our, with our peoples um, mm. and seeing our journey and the way we have been portrayed. Even when there's been the create uh, creative freedom there to depict the stories, certain things that we've seen have changed. Yeah, I often when we talk about uh, films and um, films over time no longer being as relevant, or uh, usually I'm the first one to say, "Oh, it was wrong then, and it's wrong now." Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about our community where we've been working things out as well. Yeah. It's not things unlike certain things, like when you look at old films and they're horribly racist or horribly, a lot of them are horribly transphobic. Mm -hmm. Also in our case, sometimes things were right then and aren't now, which is a bit different to however films age. Yeah. It's kind of complicated. Um, The nature of identity and understanding what that identity means, the evolution of language, the evolution of how we are perceived by the wider world, the level of conversations and discourse that are now happening, certain voices finally being given Mm. the platforms they deserve. It's... It's a journey. Yeah, I, I, I... Sometimes one, so for listeners of this podcast, cast your mind back to how you thought of everything five years ago, maybe even less. Um, Jesus, yeah. (laughs) And how 
if you multiply that by the amount of decades certain <laughs> films might have come and out. And the amount of people involved as well. Yeah, um, it's a messy subject. And I often think with talking about queer cinema, mm-hmm. um, it's important maybe to look past certain things, such as language. Mm-hmm. Um, and one film in particular I do want to talk about Yeah. Um, is Paris is Burning, mm-hmm. which is actually a documentary. Um, and I, I, l- I lumber it in with sort of seminal queer texts mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, it do- it's not required viewing by any sense, but I do think it changed my view on a lot of things. Uh-huh. And it also... Um, really made me realise, because it's a documentary, so you're seeing real people, mm-hmm. queer people, in the past, um, talking about their own feelings. When you see people like that using words that maybe we don't use nowadays, mm-hmm. it's, you <sighs> lighten up a bit, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. You kind of go, oh, they're just us. They just had different words. Yeah. Um, and words which, over time, had different meanings. Mm-hmm. Um Something so Paris is Burning is about the, uh, I suppose air quotes drag balls of um, in America, where mostly black and Latinx uh, LGBT people um, sort of created what we now consider drag. And in the film, you learn more about what drag means, mm-hmm. which is not men dressing up as women for comedy. It's as a n- non-gender conforming black uh, queer youth, I will never be able to be head of a business. I'll never be a pop star. I'll never be this. So at the ball, mm-hmm. when the category is pop star diva eleganza, I can be that. And the term realness is used to actually... How real? How much do you pass? And it's a big send-up of passing, in a way, because almost none of them do outside. Mm-hmm. The, most of them... Uh, I don't know. It's, just, it's very interesting seeing where all these come from. I think sometimes when people use terms nowadays, um, as simple as things like, you know, yes and all that stuff, they, mm-hmm. they think it's just something we've come up with out of nowhere... Um, but actually, no, it's history and it's, um, mm. you know, black queer history. Yeah. And in the time when Paris is Burning was made, trans, uh, especially trans women, were, and please big air quotes, please, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It, I promise you, listeners, no, yeah. she's doing the air quotes. Know where I'm coming from. Tended to be considered gay, and that's just... The like the furthest form of gay, and that's not necessarily how extreme gay. That's extreme gay. It's not what they consider themselves. It's just that right. they all got lumbered together. You know, the, the 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 people in power wouldn't notice a difference. Yeah. Um. If you, you know, you start as a, a gay man, mm-hmm. and then you start wearing makeup, or you start being more effeminate, and then it that's considered a more, you know going that far and even though we obviously completely understand it in a different way nowadays yeah I think you don't consider Paris is Burning a problematic ding jar Mm -hmm. (laughs) film because it's uh, learning about your history learning about the development and the the way we talk about things nowadays is thanks to people working out back then yeah Um, I think uh, another film that we should possibly talk about in that light which is sort of very sort of coached in caveat now when we talk about it, especially for perhaps sort of the younger generation coming up, and that's uh, the the Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm. which for so so many uh, queer people is uh, a moment when you when you first see Rocky Horror, it's like a oh oh. <laughs> thing um while some of the language choices in it like uh mostly with regards to frank so uh i adore rocky horror i am more than aware of 
issues with the text, things that Richard O'Brien has said in recent years regarding certain elements of the community. But at the same time, and I'm not going to excuse comments that he's made, they've made, my apologies, Um, but Richard O'Brien is one of us and a queer creator. Yeah, I made something that resonated with his people at their people. Mm. Uh, I don't actually know what it goes by. I I, I believe Richard O'Brien ha- uses both he and they. Okay. A- apologies I, for not being up to date <laughs> on the current pronouns, Richard um, O'Brien. But, but uh, he, they have spoken about identifying as something neither male yes. nor female. And made something that resonated with their people at a time and resonated with a lot of people for a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, many, many years. And still does. Um, I think sometimes people talk about, oh, I, uh, so I've heard someone say that uh, while I understand its uh, place in history, I don't think it should be held up nowadays as a beacon of representation, but I don't think it ever was meant to be. No, I don't think of it that way. It's an anarchic spoof of uh, B-movie, B-movie horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a quite, there's a few sort of things that happen in the film which are quite unpleasant, but it's because it's sending up schlocky B-movies yeah, um, and queering it and mm-hmm. making it... It's subversion. Yeah. Very much, in many, many senses of the term. Um. Yeah, I'd never say, I'd never show it to a straight person and say, oh, now you'll understand me, or like, this is representation. It's steeped in irony, and it's just a different kind of beast. Yeah. Um, And we're very lucky nowadays where we can point at things like that and say, oh yeah, well that's a bit problematic. Um, When... There was a time when it was all people had. Yes. And um, I, I think that's easy to forget looking back. I'm not saying, what is it? Oh, um, for a starving man, <laughs> any food is food. Yeah. And that's sort of maybe a bit of a bleak way to look at it. But it's not like that was just, um, oh, these characters aren't, so say, there, there is love and there is joy and there is pride. <laughs> In mm. Rocky Horror, these characters own who they are. I mean, my, my favourite song, Don't Dream It, Just Be It. That, like, first time I heard that song, I was sobbing. See, I don't remember the first time I watched it because I grew up in a house where it was played quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was three or two when I first saw it and it was just one of the films we watched on rotation. Um, That's awesome. My my parents uh, went to see it live with the original cast. Oh, when wow. It sort of first happened in London. And um, my dad has often talked about his moment of seeing uh, Tim Curry come out dressed like that. Yeah. And that being like a big kind of view changing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's no surprise how I turned out. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, a delight. A delight is how you turned out, my dear. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of things in, in, in... When I see queer discourse online, I, I and I engage, engage with my fair share of it, um, sometimes I also want people just to talk to some of some queer elders, for lack of a better term, um, and put things in context, I suppose. Yeah. Um, of how important things were at a time. That doesn't mean you can't, like, we're the first people to say, not the first people, but like, yeah, you know, you know the term I'm using, to say, criticise things you love. Yeah, um, most definitely. And all the criticism I've seen of Rocky Horror has kind of just made me appreciate it in a different way um, more. I no, I, I think I, I think I feel I, I think I, I think I feel what you're putting down. Um, but when talking about formative, are there any specific films of yours which you consider? <laughs> um, yes, very formative. 
I think the when I think about the films that I maybe saw as as a younger person that really made me go, oh, uh, the first one that comes to my mind is But I'm a Cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know whether it was written and directed by Jamie Babbitt, but um, it's about this young woman, Megan, who, um, as far as she's aware, is happily heterosexual. Uh, and her out of nowhere, it would seem, her family hold an intervention because they think she's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And they send her off to, uh, oh, what are they called? Oh. They send her off to get deprogrammed, basically. Yeah. And it's her experience at this place, um, the people that she meets there, and falling in love. And, oh, the place is called True Directions. <laughs> um, oh, what's the actress's name? I want to say Kathy Moriarty. I always think of her as, as the baddie from Casper or as I think of her in Biomachia Leader. But she's like, she's the director of this place and mm. RuPaul is in it as one of the other counsellors. And it's just, it's so knowingly nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But I genuinely thought it was set in like the 50s or 60s when I first was watching it. And then I was like, oh no, wait, no, they're just aping that kind of... Thing, and it very much skews the whole notion of conversion therapy and what how there is like w- one way to be it addresses sexuality and gender tropes and it's beautifully acted and it's incredibly funny and quotable i could not find a short enough quote to put <laughs> into my title for the episode and natasha leon is the lead character and i a friend of mine recommended it to me and i remember watching it and being like This film is hilarious, but also perfect in so many... I'm not saying it's a perfect film without flaws, but when I think about it, all I have is this very effusive feeling of love and affection to this movie. Um, Because they assume stereotypes. There are characters in it that are these pure stereotypes, and they address the bullshit of, like, the root of... uh, what Basically, what makes you a homosexual? Mm. And they go around the room, and these are sort of minor spoilers, but they talk, they sh- they're they sharing their route. Uh, to which, when they're talking about it, Andre, who's one of my favourite characters, goes, uh, shit, Miss Mary, I ain't the only one that don't got no route. It's like, Andre, we don't use profanity or double negatives here at True Directions. <laughs> but and they're going around this circle, and one of the characters is just like, I grew up in France. <laughs> uh, all-girl boarding school <laughs> from Melanie Linsky's character. Um, my mother let me play in her pumps like utter bullshit reasons but these people have been forced to go to this place it's I, I said in um, a previous one uh, talking about the Bill Nye thing that I don't find conversion therapy things funny mm-hmm. um, there's a very different vibe in this film yes. where it's it's from our community it's yes. it's a film lampooning straight people it's it's, it's that it, it's lampooning the mentality that you can do that that this sort of thing works you know it, it feels like the producers from mel brooks in a way it, it feels like they know what this is doing. a horrifying aspect of mm. i mean and it's what's made incredibly clear through the film is this shit doesn't work yeah. You meet this wonderful old, uh, this wonderful couple of uh, a gay gentlemen, and they're like, they end up, so you kind of run the Underground Homo Railroad. But they're just like, they used to either be people there or work there, and now they help mm. queer kids. RuPaul's character, Mike, because I, this, I, that's how I knew RuPaul. I didn't know RuPaul was a drag, drag queen at all, mm. but is in these tiny blue shorts. And like a t-shirt, and he's there just like looking at her. She's like, Megan, I was once a gay. And she's just looking at him like, what? <laughs> but it's very clear, like, he's attracted to men in the, in, in the film. And um, Mary, uh, the way she talks about women, she's like, you people are just trying to act the way that you feel like people are supposed to act. And it's very much knowing the whole thing is something like this is bullshit. This is ridiculous, and it doesn't. And that's work. very important at a time when I know we still have um, conversion therapy nowadays, but mm-hmm. um, it was released at a time when a lot of people thought it did work. Yeah, 
Um, so it's actually quite an important film to just take the absolute piss out of it. To, yes. Um, it's almost, it's more important than if they did the film, mm. which was just full of crying. And yeah. I, what I also like is it's very bright and colourful. Yeah, that film is aesthetic. It's, yeah, it's peak. It's peak aesthetic. But um, it's very sweet. And I don't want to say, whole, I mean, there's a lot of swearing in it, like, of which point I, I delight in, because cursing is fun. Inappropriate like swearing, no inappropriate like fucking. Just, <laughs> it's, it's a very quotable movie. But um, it's very sweet. Like these are these are young people, and two of them get to fall in love. And mm. I think a lot of the time you could show that to so many people of so many different ages. Like apart from the cursing, there's nothing in it that's inappropriate. Mm. And I think that so often queer movies are, and this is to do with the whole part of how. Um, relationships that aren't heteronormative are immediately inappropriate yeah. and it's always about sex and this film sort of very much like skews away from that like you do there, there's sort of exploration of self which is the best m- metaphor I've come up for masturbation in a while so apologies <laughs> for that uh, <laughs> but it's not explicit in any way it's it's just there these are normal people this is a normal part of growing up mm. And I am incredibly fond of it. And, yeah, that's one of my my top ones when I think about it. What about you? What's, what's one that's particularly sort of... I can't think of... The thing is, I don't genuinely... I genuinely don't remember anything formative. That's fine. Um, well, then movies like I said, that I are sort kind of, of significant to Yeah, you. like I said, I, I grew up watching Rocky Horror. I think there was probably one time I watched it and I was like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, there was no film watching experience that changed me, but there was a lot of film watching. Um, so I remember watching Brokeback Mountain on yeah. my laptop under my covers secretly. Mm. Um, I remember, and like, I remember watching that because it was kind of a joke. Right. Like, even though it's a good film, like, the. Be- uh, the yeah. way I knew about it was it's the gay cowboy film, and it's yeah. like the big joke. It's the punchline. Yeah. Um,. A film I remember watching very distinctly is in the cinema, and I hadn't come out to my brothers yet, but I went to see it with my brothers, called I Love You, Philip Morris. I love I Love You, Philip Morris. Which I love for a lot of reasons, and one of the reasons I love it is it's based on a true story, and were it not, I don't think it would be about a gay person. Yeah. I don't think... you. That's like the way you can tell it's a true story, because on paper this film is like... Great, but why would you make it also super unmarketable to anyone? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's it's about Jim Carrey who plays a like in like addict of like a con artist addict. Mm-hmm. He is it's it's basically the opposite of liar liar. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> can't stop uh, deceiving and lying and cheating people out of stuff. Um, and he happens to be gay, and he meets Ewan McGregor in prison, and... Twink Ewan McGregor. Twink Ewan McGregor. And, um, the reason why I distinctly remember this is just seeing it with my brothers. I I was at a stage where I was, like, working out when to talk about it. Mm Um, and we saw a film which was just very funny, very crowd-pleasingly enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and very gay, like not just unapologetically yeah, gay. Not like, oh, he happens to be gay. It, there's a few sort of like jokes about it, but it's it's because he's a larger than life character. Mm-hmm. Um and I just I remember us all coming out of the film and just uh you know having a good time and talking about how funny it was and how much we loved the characters and how much we like t- so talking with my straight brothers about how much we wanted them to be together was more the experience I remember knowing that oh they could one day like me in a partner or something I think we talked before about representation how it's important for straight people yeah to then have points of reference that we can then use as that bridge Mm. like I mean some people might object to I don't know. But um, Jim Carrey and Ewan McGregor, both straight. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> we, don't, we, we don't do supposing about people's sexualities here at Box Not Included, but Ewan McGregor is uh, one of those actors that clearly is more than happy, to, has never shied away from... He feels like one of us. Oh, you know what film I should have put on my list? Velvet Goldmine. <laughs> I haven't seen that. You have, oh, right. We'll, we'll talk about... Right, Velvet Goldmine is a film that is a delight in many ways and I can't do it justice by talking about it here because it's not a film I know well enough. Watch Velvet Goldmine. Mm-hmm. It has young Christian Bale and it has Ewan McGregor and it is unapologetically gay and fabulous. <laughs> and go watch the thing, especially if, you, if you're a fan of like young David Bowie, like the character played by, I want to say, Jonathan Rhys-Meyers. Probably. Probably. He's wonderful in the role and uh, he's sort of the lead character and it's just great. It's a really fab, fabulous film and, and Ewan McGregor, I believe it's one of the many films where Ewan McGregor gets his dick out. But uh, <laughs> um, he's really fun and he's like a very sort of charismatic musician character mm. and he's very fun. Um, I, I just, I, I have very specific cinema memories of going to see some films. Um there's a film I really like called Weekend, but when I went to see it, I went with my uni's LGBT society. Oh. And I found it was interesting that every single person who wasn't a gay man mm-hmm. thought it was kind of boring. All <laughs> oh, right. Because it's quite, it is kind of boring. It's just, but it's just a very believable relationship told very patiently. I don't know whether I've seen that one. Um, Who's in it? Can you remember? Um... One of them's called Chris New, which I only remember because that's a very interesting surname. All right. And the other guy is, um, oh, he's in things. He's in things. Yeah, this is great. I feel um, really. I feel like I know so much more about the film <laughs> than I did thirty seconds um, ago. It's very low key. It's very small budget. It's okay, just about cool. two guys that meet and have a little bit more of a relationship than a one night stand, but last weekend, and it's kind of. Oh, okay. That sounds. It's I, ni- I like the sound of it. It's that. nice to see a film which it's a gay film, it's heartbreaking and sad, mm. but it's not about us being killed and horrible. It's just it's about more like it sounds more like a romance. Like like in the way that before sunset, uh, before yeah. sunrise and before sunset, it's about these people that have this connection. Yeah. And that it's about that connection. Yeah. I'm gonna tear up if I think too much about that film. But like it's not it's not just, oh, what if we did a romance with men? It's mm. also specific elements yeah there's certain moments in the film which i remember so much there's um the main guy works at a swimming pool Mm -hmm. and there's just a scene of him in the staff room hearing a conversation with two straight guys talking about the women they've banged in like very very graphic terms yeah and that's how they're kind of bonding with him and he's just like "Mm -hmm." Mm mm-hmm um and there's like hashtag relatable yeah there's just another scene of him on the tube and he sees a bunch of teenagers using mm-hmm. certain, like, gay slurs yeah. with each other. I really need to watch this movie. Um, but it's just very patient mm-hmm. and gentle. Yeah. Uh, to riff on that kind of thing, uh, another one that's super important for me that I adore is Imagine Me and You, mm. which is the one I quoted for my title. And what I like about Imagine Me and You was it was originally written as a straight romantic comedy. Mm. And then they changed the gender of the outside character and then cast Lena Headey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. and, th- and that you could sound is the power of many people, women, people who are attracted to women's going. Ah. It's funny um, that there are certain actresses to, that are oh yeah preferred. Yeah, but um, it's uh, yeah Lena Headey's character is the florist at Piper Perabo's character's wedding. She's married Matthew Good, mm-hmm. and they sort of fall in love. And it, it's kind of, and it's complicated because she's just got married to somebody else. But it's a very, it's it's a romance story mm. that was written originally as being between a man and a woman. And somebody thought, we could do this with two women. Mm. And it's wonderful and amazing. And it's got a great supporting cast of characters like uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, Tony, uh, Tony Head is in it. I believe Emilda Staunton is in it as like the wacky parents. Yes. <laughs> it's very British comedy. Mm. And it's a lovely film, and every part of me is... I would die for Lena Headey. <laughs> I would die for Lena Headey. But yes, I think for a lot of perhaps uh, female-identified people who are attracted to women, that was very much a, 
Oh. Did you see that specifically because it was gay? I believe so. Okay. Uh, have you ever had a The Lesbians Harold moment where you've <laughs> gone to see Fucking something? Fucking that is a meme and a half. <laughs> bless, um, bless that elderly couple. Uh, have you ever gone to see something not knowing? Surprise gays. Yeah. Um, I did know about Colin Firth's character in Mamma Mia. So I've... So I went to see Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a big Janelle Monáe fan. You didn't know it was gay? No. You didn't know Moonlight was gay? Not at all, because it didn't really... I, I just... I don't know. I just... How did you miss that? Because I I literally... I, li- I can't emphasize enough how much tunnel vision, like... The Janelle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big Janelle Monáe fan, so she had two movies out, both Oscar-nominated. It's quite a good trial Decided run. to try out acting for a bit. <laughs> um, good, yeah. And... Uh, I went to see uh, Hidden Figures, very good. And then mm-hmm. I went to see Moonlight and um, obviously a very different kind of film. Mm. Um, very... I need to see it. Very observed and mm. small yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I I sort of worked out uh, the sexuality character along with him. <laughs> it was kind of interesting. That's a really nice journey um, to go on. And obviously, I mean, that one best picture, and it's nice that we are now getting films which are a bit more intersectional, um, telling, you don't just tell the gay story, you can mm. tell different kinds, you can tell yeah. all kinds of things mm. from queer creators as well. Yeah. There are there are some more stuff I'd like to chat to you about being like real sort of aha moments, but um, I'm feeling a bit parched, Hamish, how about you? Let's do that after the break. Okay, let's put the kettle on. You have reached the middle section of the show where we talk about slightly different things to what we were talking about before. <laughs> well done, congratulations. I feel like this has been a fun episode. We've been quite positive. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice, it feels like pride. Yeah. Um, I can't like believe to... we haven't talked about that yet. Oh. After the break. After the break. After the break. Um, thank you for listening. And thank you. We appreciate all of your support and also all of your contact you've been having recently. We've definitely... We felt we felt the love. Yeah, notice an, uh, an uptake. Upswing? Yeah. yeah. Um, if you are enjoying the show, mm. it would be lovely for you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Tell a friend, tell a family member, bond over the dulcet tones of Hamish Steele and Jade Rose. Send it to the gay cousin. Yeah. Um, if you are the gay cousin, then you're probably already <laughs> listening. <laughs> oh. But, um, yeah, as always, we're very grateful for you all. We're also grateful and very lucky to once again be sponsored by Beastly Beverages. Yes, fandom, fantasy, luxury, hand-blended, loose-leaf tea. And tea-related geeky paraphernalia. Uh, The business is queer-owned, all ingredients are organic and fairly traded, and almost all products are suitable for vegans. And I have to tell you about the Overwatch teas. (laughs) Because I haven't tried any of them yet, but I'm really excited. Uh, There are six Overwatch blends, Mm -hmm. and inspired by uh, Reaper, Mercy, McCree, uh, oh, excuse me, Junkrat and Roadhog, Hanzo and Diva. Yeah, they were selling pretty well at Comic-Con, Yeah, they I flew off um, the table. But they're now on the website, and if you like Overwatch, it's the perfect thing to sip on while you're waiting for your next game. Yeah. Um, I just want to have to give a shout-out, because I really want to try the Hanzo tea. I do not like green tea, but uh, this contains green tea, dried lemon peel, and sweet lime pieces. Mm. Yeah, and it's a natural high-caffeine content uh, containing... I can't read. I can't read. I'm really sorry, Gabe. <laughs> The natural high caffeine content of this strong green tea will keep you alert and focused while a careful blend of sour lemon and sweet lime pieces brings a sharp citrus edge to the blend. I do not like green tea and I want this in my face. I want this in my <laughs> face really bad. I want it iced. Actually, I would love some ice of this. I'm going to do this. I mean, I'm not much of a tea drinker, but the only tea I've really drunk is BC Beverages and I don't even ask what's in it because yeah. I trust the business to yeah. make every cup delicious. Yeah, you uh you can't go wrong with a with a mugger with a mugger. Good 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 stuff. <laughs> um so check 
them out at beastlybeverages.com. They also have a Patreon, a Facebook, a Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. They're everywhere. And if you use the sponsor code BeverageBeast, you can get free shipping when you spend £20 or more. And they ship worldwide. That's BeverageBeast, all one word, two capital Bs. Um, and get some tea. Get some tea and get, get a cool mug to put your tea in. Spill the tea with Beastly Bee. Ooh. Every single time I'm going to do a new slogan. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's the law. Yeah. law. <laughs> and lastly, before we get back to the show, uh, a reminder, you can still book tickets to Nine World Geek Fest on the 4th to 6th of August. You can see the first ever Box Not Included live show there. Our topic's going to be cosplay. We... I'm also going to be appearing on another panel talking about diverse <laughs> voices in podcasting as well as running a workshop talking about... If you go to Nine Worlds, I feel like you can choose five random panels mm. at completely random and you'll probably see Jade on one of them. That's all you'll see me in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, so thank you very much and hopefully we'll see you there. Yeah. And uh, back to the show? Yep. I feel like I finished my tea. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, I, I, uh, bah, bah, bah. I want to talk about more things that we like... Let's talk about three things that aren't technically, or didn't, right, two didn't start as films, and then one technically still isn't a film, no. and one is a feature-length TV programme. But let's quickly rattle through them. Um, the Laramie Project and Angels in America. Mm-hmm. Um, Angels in America, a lot of people have heard of. There's currently a production on at the Nash, sorry, the <laughs> National Theatre. <laughs> I have a drama degree. I'm very sorry. <laughs> They just they, they brain it's like uh like they're seeing the clockwork orange while they hold your eyes open. <laughs> Mash. Uh but there's currently a production on um with Andrew Garfield in the lead role. Uh Russell Tave is in it, uh, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, Nathan Lane, it's an amazing cast. We our tried buddy, to get tickets. Our buddy Matteo Oxley from Matteo Oxley, Lane. yeah, he's the alternate for yeah. Andrew Garfield. Um but yeah, I, I saw that at university, I saw the HBO adaption and cried many 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 a tear and it's and it's wonderful and it looks uh um the aids uh, it's set in new york during sort of the aids crisis and it's a great mediation what it is to be gay in america um written by tony kushner and it's heartbreaking and wonderful and amazing and epic and so so very very good and the laramie project is also based on the play um about the murder of matthew shepherd in America and is not the easiest of things to watch but the movie has people like Christina Ricci in it and it's got lots of talking head style stuff and again I saw it at university and I lent my DVD of it to somebody and never got it back but it's sort of a really good thing to watch in the so much as given the subject content can be a good thing to watch mm. It's worth seeing. These are things that happen to our community, but the Laramie Project was a thing made with... The play was made with love. This film adaption is made of love. And we need to know about our history. Yes, especially because there's not no one to teach us. No one's no. going to teach you this. You have to seek it out yourself. Yeah. Um, I, um, and on that subject, I think we'll talk a little bit about the movie Pride, but first, I, uh, something that when we asked on Twitter got mentioned. Hamish mentioned it. The the, the best. Oh, let's just talk about San Junipero. San Junipero is my film of last year, and it's not a film. <laughs> yeah, um, it's an episode of Black Mirror, uh, which is Charlie Brooker's uh, satire series, sort of examining technology. Yeah, it's sort of like a sci-fi, Twilight zone Yeah, that's a good way to describe um, it. Anthology series. Yes. So each of them do feel like films, and they have great casts of mm-hmm. movie stars. They have great writers. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do feel like a series of films. And San Junipero. And so, yeah, one episode of series... Three. Three. It's called San Junipero. And... It's gay. It's, it's very so gay. gay. Black Mirror is mostly known for its horrifying, chilling twists. Yeah, and they like, normally fucked up black comedy up to the point where it stops being funny. Yeah, and just things that make you kind of think about for a long time afterwards. And San Junipero is not only the first to really focus on gay characters or mm-hmm. one's bisexual and uh, queer... On queer women. On queer women. 
it's also one of the first to just be really heartwarming. And has an uplifting ending. Hasn't, yep. Um, I, like, don't want to say anything, but no, if you do have it's Netflix, on Netflix, it's it's shorter than a movie, but it mm-hmm. feels like... It, it could I, be a movie. I feel sad that we there isn't just, like, mm-hmm. a pl- one with plus 20 minutes yeah. added... But yeah, um, this is a, a, a bisexual woman of colour and a lesbian, and it's so I've gloriously seen people 80s. Co- cosplay them. They, I, I, I am encouraging two friends of mine to cosplay them. And um, they are Kida, Becky, get on that San Junipero <laughs> cosplay. They have iconic looks. It it's glorious. And what I love about it is that literally no reason why it had to be about. Two and they women. and they made that choice. Um, and for the fact that it was written by who I assume to be a straight man, it's tackled well with respect. Mm. And yeah, it's really good, you guys. And it's a sci fi, and it's in a yeah. genre that we don't often see. So, like most of the films we mentioned today, a real, uh, are quite real life. Real life based on true stories, or. Yeah, we don't tend to find many genre films yeah. exploring queer characters outside of maybe minor. Yeah. So to have uh, the protagonists of a sci-fi... Uh, yes, soft sci-fi, but sci-fi mm. nonetheless. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful, and you should check it out if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, mean, I mentioned Twitter. Um, I can't remember who specifically mentioned San Junipero. We, we asked what people's favourite uh, LGBT plus movies were, and we got some really good responses. If you go onto our Twitter and have a look, you can see... Uh, all the stuff people have suggested. Obviously, they wouldn't be saying them if they'd say, well, yeah, maybe go have a look. There was a lot on there that I hadn't even heard of. I'm terrible. But no, I, I I've made a list of stuff that I've clearly got to watch. Same. I expected it to just be the same few things over and over again, but mm-hmm. there's films from around the world. There's, yeah. Um, Good work. Yeah. Fox not included Twitter followers. And it's really nice getting them recommended by people who you can trust in a way because... This is a film about representing me, and I approve of it, which is mm. very good. Yeah, that actually works really cool with um, a question. Um, um, Melissa, is this our dear Melissa? Our wonderful. Is oh, it that Meli- yes. Is it that Melissa? Yes, yes. Our, our dearly beloved Melissa Trender, here um, in spirit. Yeah, she sent in a question for the No Box Vox pop, mm. but I thought it was better for this episode. Yeah, um, she uh, asked if we wanted to talk about the experience of having to see a film twice. Once to test the water and gauge the appropriate amount of armour needed to endure the experience, and then the second time, if you enjoyed the film, to actually enjoy yourselves, whether we both do this and whether it's common for other queer people. And the reason why that's such a nice spring place, like when a film has been recommended to you by other queer people, mm. you kind of don't have that staggered, or maybe not to the same extent, no. of girding your loins, because it's like somebody else has already done that part. Yeah. For you? Yeah. Um, I think this came about when I was talking to Mel about Wonder Woman because um, she said that she can't tell if she enjoyed it because she went in for, uh-huh. to see it the first time so critical analysing. Yeah. In a way that um, you probably wouldn't for any other superhero film. Yeah, um, I, I think if a film is billed as being queer, depending on who's making it, because that always makes a difference and who's involved, you definitely go in sort of bracing yourself going, okay, Mm. okay, let's see what you've got. And there is that moment and maybe you gradually relax. But then Hollywood on so many times has pulled the rug out from underneath us in the final act. There's a reason why the trope bury your gaze exists. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of it too much in the films we've talked about today, more Mm. in... Films which have yes. obviously characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent all of Star Trek Beyond completely assuming the only reason Solo was given a husband so it was that he could die. Or that the husband could die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, spoilers. Doesn't happen. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay to spoil about when gays don't die. Um, that's not a spoiler, that's a celebration. Yes, that's it. Um, I was also, I, I mean, I, I think I experienced this a bit less because... Even though I'm gay, I'm also much more represented in movies in lots of other ways. Yeah. Um, in terms of being white and male, um, cis. Um, yeah, no, um, I don't have quite the full once for gauging, once to enjoy. I sort of experience kind of 
both simultaneously. The way I, I watch films, um, the way I process information can sometimes... I experience everything on a deeply visceral, emotional level simultaneously, regardless of how much I might be trying to prevent myself from doing so. But, um, yeah, no, I definitely know that experience, especially when something is an unknown quantity of doing it with the guard up first. And once you know it's safe, the second time you can sort of enjoy the film properly, like take it in everything that you might not, the stuff you might not have missed because you were just so protecting yourself. Yeah, I mean, I I possibly experience that more with like geeky things I'm passionate about. Like yeah. whenever I see a Godzilla film. Yeah. Um, but I... I also totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I, with my friendship with Mel, I feel like uh, I've known a few times when she's done it in films. Like, um, I remember her watching Frozen for the first time. Yeah. And like, was like tense the whole time mm-hmm. until the sort of the ending of what love breaking a spell actually means. And I remember yeah. seeing Mel kind of go, <sighs> okay, no, that's fine. I like that film. Yeah. <laughs> um, spoilers for Frozen. Oh. Um, um, I suppose a, a film that maybe I should have possibly had that experience with, but I didn't. And I think maybe I'd heard enough good things about it. And I said we'd loop back to talking about the film Pride. Yeah. Um, I think I caught it quite late in its cinema run. I went with my uh, good friend, Tony, um, who's gay. He'd already seen it at that point and I was desperate to see it at the cinema and he was like yeah no I'll go with you and I was like (laughs) in my very understated way that I do things um and I think in we were in the smallest screen at the cinema there was me and Tony and a couple of older ladies who I really hope were a couple they might have just been friends Mm -hmm. part of me hopes that they were a couple and I cried so many times, not out of misery tears, but of seeing us on screen in front of me and our place in history. And I'm tearing up talking about it now, and I haven't watched the film since then, but that act of being in the cinema and seeing such an important part of who we are. And, I mean, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like this one group... I mean, this is very UK-specific thing, but this one group in London who decided to support a mining community, but what that meant mm. for visibility uh, of gay people and, like, that wider support and these stories of these people and the experience of coming... Because I, I know one of the characters is sort of fictional. The rest are real people. And, yeah, I'm gonna, you're going to have to talk about it for a minute because I'm going to... I'm um, crying a bit now. I feel bad because I don't dislike it in any sense, but I didn't feel very much while watching it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it was because my guard was up. Ah. I think, I don't know, it has like lost my favourite actors in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. Yeah, it's a well-made movie. Let's not, it's not um, just, uh, yeah, sorry, carry on. Well, no, I think it might have just also been that case of when, Lots of people telling you that yes. this film makes you cry. Uh-huh. So I was kind of like bracing myself because I assumed that meant death and misery. Yeah. And then that never came, so I didn't really cry. Have you watched it since? No, but I own it. Uh, yeah, no, so um, do I. I own it, but I haven't watched <laughs> it again. Um, I, think I, I think I will. I'll give it another shot. Uh, okay, again, I didn't dislike it. I was just like, okay, cool. Whereas um, I sobbed yeah. a lot. But um, as as regular listeners of Vox Not Included will know, found families and community <laughs> and finding yes. your people is uh, is one of my very strong emotional, I don't want to say emotional triggers, but it is a big old button yeah. that you can, uh, it doesn't need a lot to press. It's You're a, never safe. <laughs> I am never safe. I am an emotionally obvious human being. But it was a wide release. Yeah. This was a, a mainstream release um i don't know whether it was called pride in america i think they called it something else i can't remember because i remember being confused about it at the time Mm -hmm. but it's been it was really widely received uh really widely well received and well posters everywhere yeah and i and i think it sort of brought a lot of attention um is it gay is the word like we walked past it not that long ago i think it was you and me it might have been somebody else. But yeah, I, I, I walked past the shop in London and I was like, mm. I need to go in there and give them one. I, ha- I didn't know about it. 
Well, it's kind of interesting because it's very British history. And yes. that's, again, while we need to learn our own history, it's also good to learn your well, own we, own yeah, history. Because sure. um, all, hist- all the stuff you read is all about America. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. When I, when I was growing up, there was a lot of, like, America's backwards and they don't like yeah. all these kind of media. But we absolutely had our own mm-hmm. um, like we still do we have a huge own problems and yeah let's not start talking about too much about politics in the uk right now no. um because this is a happy podcast or this is a happy episode <laughs> of a podcast yeah um it's a, i i fully recommend it mm-hmm. even if you cried a lot and i didn't yeah no yeah uh, this is just sort of the way hamish and i react to things <laughs> <laughs> There know. are certain things that we both geek out about hard, but if one of us is crying, it's probably going to be me. I think. If, unless if it's I'm a the one crying, of... it's something very specific. <laughs> I, I've I've shown four or five people the film, The Tale of Princess Kaguya, mm. and I just like can't breathe at the end. I'm just yeah, like sobbing, I need to watch it. and everyone else is like, "That was alright." And I'm like, "Okay, I like just need to go to the bathroom." Oh, excuse me. It's yeah. not everywhere. Okay. Um, let's talk about a certain meme. That has sprung up because you said we should talk about it. Well, you, when we're talking about LGBT, LGBT cinema, we cannot forget the seminal classic the, that is... The icon. The Babadook. Fucking hell. Have you seen it? No. Um, I haven't actually seen it. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that are possibly not aware, uh, there was a glitch on Netflix, as there periodically is, where a uh, horror movie, The Babadook, was listed under the uh, gay and lesbian films category. Um, and from which... <laughs> well, the thing is, it was a meme for quite a long time. It, yeah, it's just... Um, I think with Pride Month, I think it just sort of resurfaced. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of opinions on it. I've seen... So there's a kind of add-on... It all sprung from a Tumblr post mm-hmm. of someone talking about, look what's on the LGBT section. And someone underneath said, the B in LGBT stands for Babadook. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a joke our community is making at our own expense based on the fact bisexuality is so erased. Yes. It's not trying to erase it. No. So when it, like a lot of things, when it when the, sort of the meme took form and became this big thing, I think a lot of people maybe didn't know the history of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also seen some people be annoyed that something like the Babadook can become this big queer icon, but there are so many people in our community that are marginalised. Yeah, no, you demonise us, fine. We're going to make a demon of <laughs> our new icon. Um, I just really love all the fan art of this really sombre black and white figure with this wide grin decked out in rainbows and a feather <laughs> boa. It makes me really happy. I've seen people dressing up as the Babadook and uh, Pride. Yeah, I saw uh, some great footage of a, of a, I don't know which drag queen it was, but voguing <laughs> while done up as the Babadook. And I'm going, that's just fabulous. But a little bit like Harold, they're lesbians. A little bit like... I. We haven't talked about Carol. Shit. Yeah? Do you want to talk about Carol? Yeah, let, let's briefly talk about Carol. Um, if I, That gave us the beautiful Harold. Well, I was just going to, before we talk about Carol, I was just going to say that there, mm. we do create a lot of memes and we, we can yeah. laugh at ourselves yeah. in a way. I was going to say, as somebody that identifies as B slash P slash Q, it's complicated, you guys. I'm sorry. Um mm. I have never once been upset or annoyed by the B in LGBT stands for Babadook. I think it's <laughs> fucking funny as all hell. Yeah. I mean... But I, I'm also one of those people that love the assumption that in D&D rogues are automatically bisexual because we're basically invisible, so we're good at sneaking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, please don't you make that joke. We're allowed to joke about being invisible. Please don't you do it. When you mean when you mean you, I don't. I'm not looking at you, Hamish. I mean, are you not? Are you not thinking about our listeners who are? No, no. The, I, I'm sure our listeners. The you, the the capital Y U. Yeah, Y U, Y O U. Spelling it's Carol. very warm. Carol. <laughs> um, directed by Tom Ford, based on uh, a novel. I cannot remember the name of the author, for which I'm very sorry. The book's called The Price of Salt. I believe. Um, I've watched the first half an hour. I tried. I really wanted to love Carol. I can't get into it. I, I really wanted to. I get why people love it, and I. This is not to diminish its achievement as a film 
or the performances within it. It's just not my kind of film. And I feel extra bad because I really love A Single Man, also by Tom Ford, also with a a gay protagonist. I think part of um, this episode and when we asked what people's favourite films were and we got so many responses... Um, I think part of the thing I'm realizing is there's so many uh, times when you feel obligated to like a film. You feel like a bad gay. I feel like a bad gay before for not crying at pride. Yeah. Um, I feel like... As someone who's attracted to women, I feel bad for not liking Carol. Mm. But like, it's because we're starved and yeah. we want lots of films. And I think maybe that's a sign, almost it's a good thing that there can be films that we go, yeah, not, mm. not for me. That means that there's enough films out now for us to not cling every single one of them to our chest going, my precious babies. Yeah. There's enough. There's The, the content is slowly increasing as more and more creators are, are putting stuff out there for us to enjoy and to consume. And, and also when people realise that it's profitable. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? We have money. Yeah. Go figure. Um. But yeah, I suppose it's it's a sign that there's now enough content that we can be picky about it. I, I will always support them, these kinds of things, even if I don't love them. Yeah. But... I mean, if people have listened to this podcast, they know my stance on lots of things, where it's mm. like, you know, with LeFou and all mm-hmm. that stuff, I would rather the impression be, keep doing that, mm-hmm. just keep trying to get better, Yeah, work it out, mm-hmm. um, then... Don't, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever do that. For sure. I mean, we, we, we said at the top of the episode that movies are this sort of unique art form. And as sort of we see more and more mainstream releases, let's have some more kids' movies. Yes. Have, please, please. Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants. Have you seen about that? No, but I've heard of it. The main character in Captain Underpants is gay. Hey. There's a bit in the books when he goes to the future and sees yeah. himself married to a man, and it's so like completely nonchalantly like, "Oh, that's my husband in the future, great!" And like that's Wicked. a movie coming out. So Excellent. That's, I Excellent. hope it gets the back of the support. But, it won't get mentioned, yeah. but you know. But th- th- there's something about like you were saying about going to see "I Love You, Philip Morris" with your brothers. Mm. Like there's something the shared experience of seeing a film and the whole way it all gets packaged together that movie going experience. Yeah, and films can bring us together, and uh, it's 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 a wonderful thing. And yeah, movies make me really fucking happy. I love films. I love that kind of storytelling, and I love seeing stories about our people. And the good thing about the cinema is that more people will see it. And as Hollywood realizes that it's profitable to do so, we're going to see more. And maybe people who weren't think who maybe need to confront some things about themselves will go see a film because it looks interesting, like as a genre movie. Oh, that trailer looked bore. Oh, cool. The characters are, are gay. Wicked. I mean, that's what we need more of. Is we need more narratives that aren't about necessarily. Yeah. But a few of the films we've spoken about aren't either, and that's awesome. It was nice to do an episode where we celebrate films which are about yes. that. Um, yes. Because we talk a lot about characters rather mm-hmm. than films. Mm-hmm. I sometimes get a bit annoyed about the idea of an LGBT section of Netflix or At the same shelf. time, I have sat down and gone through said section <sighs> yep. for something to watch. And often been very disappointed, often uh, hated films. But, but sometimes you'll find a nugget. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder what films we'll see in the future. Yeah. Um, if you know of anything coming up, get in contact with us we'd love to uh, hear about it yeah and thank you again for yeah thank you so much recommendations because i'm going to be watching a lot of them (laughs) yeah no as we said uh hit hit the box not included twitter you'll find the tweet um we can always i think we've retweeted we can always retweet it again so it's towards the top of the feed yeah yeah oh we'll pin it we'll pin the tweet okay we'll pin the tweet uh, when this episode goes out yeah we'll do that um but so, I suppose it's very hot in the studio, um, so and we really want to put the fan back on, so I think we're going to end the episode yes. there. Um, as always, we want to thank Graham Waller, Audio Overlord, Master of the Sound Waves for our theme music and helping produce the podcast. You can check out more of his work at GrahamWaller.com, his own podcast, The Mix Cave, and you should check out uh, Glitter Wolf. I've heard the new single and it sounds amazing!
amazing. I'm very excited. Yeah. If you want to get in contact with us, we are Box Not Included on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and Box Not Included at gmail.com. And we also have our individual Twitters. I'm Jade Oxford Rose. And I'm at Hamish Steele. Uh, but until next time, I'm going to go find some cold water and bunk it over myself <laughs> in a glorious Flash esque fashion. Um, <laughs> Bring back the ice bucket challenge. <gasps> yes, ice bucket challenge. But until next time, uh, I'm Jade Rose. I'm Amos Steele. And don't let anybody box you in, but maybe let them dunk a bucket of ice water over you on a day like today. Or leave a crack. <laughs> <laughs>